eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We welcome you in to a first First of two podcasts this week as we embark on our very first mock draft of the season. Today, we'll bring you picks 1 to 16, and then we'll have another podcast for you in a couple of days to take you through the second half of the first round from picks 17 to 32. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, one thing we've got to start off, to do, uh, start off with doing is uh, welcoming the rest of the boys into the pod. Same crew as always, Kieran, Andy and Rob. How is everyone? Everyone having a nice bank holiday weekend? Obviously, Kieran, you're not having a bank holiday weekend because... Guess it's a different timetable out there, isn't it? How's your weekend been? How's your start your week been? It's been good, and I am observing English traditions today by sitting on my ass drinking tea, <laughs> and at some point I'm, I might even make myself a roast. But we'll see how we go. <laughs> very nice, very nice. How about you, so guys? Are you, uh, you having a nice bank holiday weekend? Yeah, not a lot happening. Just yeah, uh, same. <laughs> walking, and yeah, just about not a lot really. Rob, how about you? How's your weekend going? Uh, I don't have many weekends because I work uh, all the time. Um, I was at work at five this morning. I'll be at work at five tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's great. I had I finished a couple of hours early today, so that's as, about as good as it gets. Fair play. Got to keep the keep the world going. Anyway, before we get into the draft, just got a couple of news items that we want to kind of put on the agenda and kind of talk about before we before we get into everything. First off, well, I guess the season's actually begun now, you know, um, which should be a cause of celebration, but I guess shouldn't take away from that, obviously, as a college football podcast, but it just feels like with everything that's going on, it's not really been that big of an occasion. But, you know, we've got some football to talk about, and I believe a couple of our, our members here had a little watch of it. Kieran, first of all, I'll come to you. Uh, what did you make of this game that went on between um, Central Arkansas and was it Austin PA? How do you even say this? this is Aust- Austin P. Austin it P. was okay. uh, <laughs> one of the worst <laughs> games of college football I've ever seen. The first play was great, it was like a 25 yard outside stretch. It was fun to watch that, and then 59 minutes of some of the worst football I've ever seen in my entire life. There's a bunch of position groups injured, guys who'd either opted out or just couldn't play, and I've honestly seen high school football games with more technique, <laughs> poise, and better better coaching. So, yeah, but it's football, so you can't really complain. Yeah, for sure. Andy, I believe you sought this out after the fact as well, so some dedication to this as well. What do you reckon about this game? What was your takeaways? Uh, it was a thriller, mate, to be honest. I mean, it, like Kieran said, it started with a with a bang, and I was like, right, we're in for, in for a good one here. And then it finished with a bang, but... The stuff in between was uh, was turgid, to be fair. And uh, just to put it into some context, I just mentioned before we started rolling the the uh, Austin P quarterback ended up uh, punting because the, uh, the long snapper was injured, um, and the, the, the filling long uh, long snapper was not having a good day of it. So the uh, Austin P quarterback finished with 14 completions and an interception, and um, Seven punts for 267 yards, so very impressive uh, punting there. 38-yard average punt, so fair play to him. But uh, I don't think he'll be cracking the pros anytime soon. But yeah, it was uh, it was a game of football, so I can't complain too much. And I say it finished with a really nice, uh, really nice touchdown, and that Braylon Smith, who 
uh, come in with like quite a, quite a decent record. I understand um, was it looked quite good in the second half, but after he got uh, after he got rolling because it, it didn't start very well for me. Either. But yeah, not 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 like utterly shambolic, but fairly shambolic. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I wonder if Sean Payton's taking notes with Taysom Hill, whether we can get him on punts as well, <laughs> yeah, thinking so. uh, getting to do it all. <laughs> Obviously, as we, we're kind of ramping up as the, the season begins, obviously college football continues to build towards the September the 12th weekend where you know the, le- the level kind of really raises to kind of the top level when the ACC and the Big 12 kick off. As we go through, we've got a couple of games on the coming weekend. Uh, we've got Central Arkansas again playing UAB and then Southern Miss taking on South Alabama. Um, and then we've got, the, we've got Army versus Memphis and SMU. Um, also in action against smaller sides but you know again it's kind of that quality ramping up so yeah kind of watch this space really maybe next weekend we'll see uh, some actual play some actual play that we'll, we'll be expecting and no quarterbacks taking punts which will be very very welcome I'm sure by everyone uh, second item on our news agenda before we kind of get into the draft revolves around uh, some more opt-outs and obviously one very very high profile one to say the least um, so LSU receiver Jamar Chase um, is opting out by all accounts. This hasn't been confirmed at the time of recording. We record on Monday evening. Uh, but the signs are there, including a tweet from himself saying that he wanted to announce it basically himself about the media getting ahead of themselves and doing it for him. So obviously this is big news. Rob, we'll come to you first. Obviously you've been talking about wide receivers a fair bit um, on social media and things like that. What, what's your takeaway from this with Jamar Chase potentially not playing or looking like he's not going to play anyway? Yeah, I wasn't surprised, Lee, to be quite honest. Um, I said in the group at the time, our WhatsApp group, um, I could have seen this coming a couple of weeks ago, to be honest, because Jamar Chase has, has got one more over the, uh, the uh, uh, Rashad Bateman and um, Rondell Moore because uh, he's already won a national championship. Uh, so I'm surprised it took so long, um, simply because... Yeah, he's he's achieved all he can achieve, and the only the Jamar Chase, as we look at it, um, try not to have a little spoiler for for later, but he's pretty much guaranteed to be a top ten pick, um, possibly higher. So it's it's a case of the only thing he could have done is is dent that now. So he mm-hmm. has he, in my opinion, he is at the highest sort of he'll get. So why bother playing this year? Why risk an injury? Why risk having a bad year? Obviously. You know, I've got to be a little bit careful because Kieran's in the room. But if <laughs> if LSU don't have an amazing year like they did last year, um, you know, then that could affect his draft stock. So he's going out on the sort of top level, and I don't blame him. I'm just surprised it took so long for it to happen. Mm. Andy, we'll come to you for the next one before we go to our LSU resident. Have you got anything to add on to what Rob just said? Because I completely agree with him, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a great deal more to add from, from me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think I've got so much more either. I mean, it'd be interesting to see whether, um, like, you know, there's a receiver or, or any player really that kind of um, capitalises on another one opting out and rises up the rankings and, and pushes the ones that are opting out down a bit. So uh, I'd be interested to see if that happens. But that's the, the only kind of tiny risk there is, isn't there, really, for Chase here? Um, you know, someone supplants him as wide receiver one, but he's still got enough talent to, to go right at the top end, even if that did happen. So, yeah, not a lot more to add. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's a few positions that are a bit more precarious than others in, in that sense, I think, but I don't think wide receiver is one of them because everyone's opted out by looks of things or isn't going to get a season. So it's uh, it's almost set in stone, really. Kieran, obviously, we'll come to you as obviously LSU fan amongst us. What's your thoughts on this? Um, and do, do you think this now makes the preseason ranking number six about fair? 
Uh, it's tough because we'd just given him number seven. And if you know anything about LSU, that's mm. a very prestigious number that we only give out to very special players. So it's tough, but, you know, he, he won the Belitnikov last year, which is insane. And, and But we've got guys coming back like Terrence Marshall, who had six most touchdowns last year in college football, which as a number three receiver is absolutely ridiculous. We, we've got, um, I mean, we've got guys that can step up, but he was really... Uh, going to be Miles Brennan's number one target this year. So I think it, depending on how much chemistry him and Brennan have, it might be a little bit of a knock on Brennan. But uh, I think personally it's the right choice for the for him to take because he doesn't want to risk injury given that he's a top five pick. And, you know, an injury or a substandard year could lead him to dropping down the draft board out of the first round and potentially losing millions of dollars. So I think mm-hmm. as a business decision, it's very smart. Yeah, for sure. I think we're all in agreement there, really, aren't we? That he's done the right thing for himself and his future, really. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of, like you said, Andy, kind of who kind of rises up the rankings now in, amongst all the wide receivers because the top bracket, really, top maybe one or two tiers are very, very bare of what we had kind of coming into the season. So, yeah, kind of watch this space. Keep your eyes peeled for wide receivers in the next college football season. A couple of other quite interesting players opted out over the last couple of days. We've got Washington, Ed Rusher, Joe Tryon. Obviously, the Pac-12 weren't going to have a season, but he would have been one I would have been keeping my eyes on. Anyway, and then Kenneth Gainwell as well, the Memphis running back. By the way, is that not the perfect running back name, Gainwell? <laughs> I've always thought this when I, when I've heard of him. Um, but yeah, he's going to opt out um, due to COVID concerns as well. And he would have been looking to cement his day two status as we moved into the season and beyond. Um, so yeah, kind of like I said before, keep your eyes peeled for more opt-outs and more um, people kind of looking after themselves and like making business decisions, as Kieran has just said. Um, it'll play havoc with our fantasy draft I'm sure that begins on Wednesday and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone's got to get the research in that you've been encouraging eh, Rob? Yeah I've been trying to tell everyone that you've just got to, you've got to keep your eyes peeled at, like, I know we say that a lot on the, at the full 10 yards but you really have because uh, yeah it could it could all change um, and we've seen like, like I said before Rondell Moore Rashad Bateman and Jamar Chase they're all sort of first round fantasy picks uh in college football really so um so yeah big uh and Gamewell as well Gamewell was probably near the top as well so uh so yeah some big hitters it's certainly going to be interesting mm, yeah no for sure so let's move on to our main segment of the podcast today on the next two podcasts in fact uh, we're going to get into our pre-season mock draft so just before we do that just a little bit of housekeeping prior to us getting started uh, for the order, we've used reverse Vegas Super Bowl odds. So if your team's picking high, blame Vegas, not us. Um, we didn't include any trades at this stage either because we wanted to be a bit more of a matchmaking exercise. Uh, and to highlight to you guys who we think is got a, has got a good chance of going high in the first round as things stand before the season. And essentially, we just divided all the teams up fairly equally and just uh, uh, gave ourselves our own teams moving forward. So uh, not quite the same order as you go through. We won't cycle through the same four names in the same order, but pretty much will do. So the way we divided it up, Kieran was on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars and you John just take it away whenever you whenever you're ready, mate. Let's get started, you're on the clock. With the first pick of the two thousand twenty one NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Jamar Chase, wide receiver, Louisiana State University. Until what happened today, that's the, they've kind of called into question my pick. Um, I picked this because I figured they wanted to get weapons uh, to go ahead with Gardner Minshew. This guy can take the top off a of defense. He's got great hands, goes outside, can catch inside the numbers as well. 
but uh, yeah, there's not much more to say about that pick. He's a big weapon for Gardner Minshew, and I think he could have really elevated that offense to be something special. I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I'm sure we've got, amongst the th- other three of us, I'm sure we've got some comments about this one. Uh, Andy, I can see you, you're dying to get onto this one. Uh, take it away with what you, your thoughts about this. this <laughs> no, I, I think we let uh, uh, Kieran know in the group chat, didn't we? Apparently <laughs> wasn't the, uh, the wisest pick in the world. But yeah, I mean, it's quite clear that the, the Jags are uh, tanking, isn't it? And the, there's only... You, you're not going to do that and, t- and take forward your, your late-ran quarterback after uh, after you know taking you to number one overall pick and with a like generational talent, so uh, so to speak, in uh, in Trevor Lawrence sat there as the Redskins will have to make a decision in a minute on that. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you actually uh, wait till Kieran's back on the pick uh, back back on the clock at uh, pick five, then if you swap those two picks. It might not look as look look as crazy, but I think uh, with Chase uh, there at first overall, just if that happens, I mean, what did what did you say, Rob, that you'd do if if that happens? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said that if uh, if Jamar Chase gets picked before Trevor Lawrence, I would uh, I would eat something disgusting. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> I know you will, bud. <laughs> Yeah, so a bit of a bit of a shock pick, um, to say the least, and that means that the Washington football team are on the clock at number two with yourself, Andy. Yeah, so I think I've gone with uh, taking Lawrence here. To be fair, we had a, a, like a good, interesting debate on this. To be fair, in the group, just about the fact that uh, would they move on from Haskins uh, so quickly? But I think. It just makes sense to me, to be honest. I think you've got, uh, like I say, an like incredibly good quarterback. If the Jag- sorry, if the Redskins are picking uh, here, then they've obviously had a pretty uh, turgid season. Um, McLaurin's got uh, McLaurin and Co have given Haskins some weapons. So if he hasn't been able to capitalise on it, then it wouldn't be a shock at all if you saw uh, them go for the uh, elite quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. We've seen precedents with like the Cardinals moving on from Carla Murray. So, it, I mean, it, would, it wouldn't really be a shock at all, I don't think. Rob, you had your hand in the air there to want to come in. Yeah, I, I just I did mention it in the group, and obviously we, we haven't done trades. Um, that was a question that I was I was keen to ask whether we're going to do it for these mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, easier not to. I completely agree with that. Uh, but in in real life here, I, I, it goes one or two ways with Washington because it, if Andy just alluded to this a minute ago with Jacksonville, if if those two teams are picking one and two, it's because their quarterbacks failed. Probably, you know, there's a slim chance it's not the case. But um, if if Washington are at number two, that means Dwayne Haskins hasn't had a good year. So I can definitely see him moving on. Now, the question is, is if Trevor Lawrence goes one, then that means obviously uh, there's other quarterbacks around Justin Fields being one uh, sorry uh, for, I'm stepping on my own toes here because <laughs> I'm, I'm next but just Justin Fields is one um, that is going to be very very sought after so the, Washington are going to be in a situation where actually I thought they were in a similar situation this year at number two with, with Chase Young um, that they could have traded that pick for and got a heck of a lot back but if Dwayne Haskins is the reason why they're at number two, then it's probably their best interest to take Justin Fields, if or Trevor Lawrence, whatever best the quarterback is, is available. Yeah, for sure. I don't disagree. Um, it's just one of those things, isn't it, where we're a bit far out for trades at the moment. And Definitely, you are yeah, correct. Yeah. You're correcting exactly what you're saying, and the thinking that you, you're coming out with is, is you know completely logical. Uh, but we'll, we'll save trades for, for later dates. As you say, you've just stood on your own toes to take it away <laughs> with the Panthers, who are our third overall pick. 
Yeah, well, with with Justin Fields on the clock, um, I, I I think Trevor Lawrence is is number one. I'm not a massive fan of Trevor Lawrence to be honest, and I really wanted to see Justin Fields this year because um, I think Justin Fields at Ohio State could have probably uh, sort of challenged him for that for that title of being the the first overall pick potentially. Um, but no, Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't like disrespecting him because obviously his comeback is, is legendary and, and is, he seems a top guy. Um, but it is a need for them, isn't it? Quarterback, you know, Cam Newton's now gone. Um, yeah, Justin Fields is an extraordinary talent. And, and if he's there at number three, then he will be gone there. I'm pr- pretty sure of it. Kieran, you're going to stand for this. You, 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 talk, you talk, took it up with me the other day for a Teddy Bridgewater slander. <laughs> I think I think Teddy Bridgewater's good enough, you know. I don't think they're going to finish. They're going to pick third. I think Teddy Bridgewater's got all the tools to at least take them to eight and eight while they're technically still in like a bit of a, of a rebuild phase right now. He's got guys like DJ Moore to throw to. I just I just don't see him finishing that bad this season, and I think with with Teddy, if, if he can play half as good as he did. New Orleans, they're going to have a respectable season. Uh, And I think they'll maybe look to pick up someone next year, depending on how he does this year. And they'll probably just look to bolster that offensive line or maybe grab somebody for the edge. Because, I know, if you know Teddy Bridgewater, you know he does have trouble staying conscious sometimes because he he slides a little bit late. But um, I, I don't think... It, it's worth moving on from them this quick, unless he has the worst season in history. I think I think he can at least make them eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, if if they have a really good season and he can really get the ball rolling there in Carolina. But I think you know, with a new coach and stuff, things are going to be difficult. But I, th- I think they should stick with Teddy for at least two years, personally. Mm. It's an interesting project, isn't it? Because they were they completely invested their draft in the defense as well. So, um, yeah, going to be interesting to see how that works out. I guess Andy, you wanted to come in on this one as well. Yeah, just a quick point on Fields. I mean, is anyone like nervous of the fact you've only seen him like with the one year of uh, production so far? I mean, like, I hate to like compare him in any way to like Mitchell Trubisky or anything like that. But I mean, you're talking like one season. I, I mean, I think there's still a few few bits of uh, like things that concern me like working against uh, pressure and some of the better defenses that they played against last year I thought I didn't think it was uh, like fantastic at times so I mean I don't know whether anyone thinks that you know that there's a chance that he, he slides down a bit without playing or if there's a late uh, kickoff in the Big Ten as the rumour has it at the moment that um, you know he, he misses some, he, he decides to opt out because of the draft and, and then he, he could slide a bit don't know I'm always one for sample size, for sure. I've been saying it about Trey Lance the whole summer, so I can't really be a hypocrite to kind of disagree with you here. Um, I would like to see the Big Ten play in, in the spring, hopefully. Um, and yeah, to see him get some more action under his belt and like you say, work out those kinks, because he's not a perfect quarterback. I guess the reason why he's staying a little bit high in everyone's estimations is because it was, A, first of all, a really great season at a high level, a little bit different to Trey Lance, obviously, at the lower level. And then B, because after these guys and potentially Trey Lance, there's not a lot available in this quarterback class. So that's, you know, quarterback um, uh, value is kind of going to keep him high, um, potentially, in that one. 
Just um, just to say, well, Joe Burrow had one very lucky year last year, didn't he, Kieran? So uh, you know, if he had, you know, he's on one year, he got he got the first overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> if sixty touchdowns against SEC defense is lucky, mate, then I don't know what to tell you. I am only joking. <laughs> Moving swiftly on from that one, it's me with the Giants at number four overall, uh, and I've opted to go for Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. So my thinking behind this was the Giants was I toyed with giving them an edge rusher uh, because the last time the Giants had a top quality edge rusher was potentially when Jason Pierre-Paul had all, had all these fingers. I'm not really sure. I can't really think about when, when that last was. I don't really want to go back to, to Lawrence Taylor. Uh, but I've opted to go for Parsons from, because he was a defensive end in high school and he can rush the passer. It's one of his uh, kind of big strengths really in that gap shooting um, sort of attribute that he has. And with a pick like this, you get a linebacker and someone who can kind of come in as this sort of part-time edge rusher and kind of fill out a bit of a dual role. I think he'll uh, end up playing next to Blake Martinez if, if this happened. And he'd be the more agile, more athletic kind of run and chase linebacker that can kind of have more range than, than Martinez. And then, you know, he can, like I said, pass, pass rush on a part-time basis. Um, so to me, he's kind of like a modern-day NFL linebacker because he can drop into coverage as well. You don't often get these guys at number four overall, especially as a linebacker. It's a little bit like the running backs of the defense in terms of the way that they're valued. Um, so I guess it's just one of these things where we'll wait and see. Maybe this will be kind of shouting at Dave Gettleman time again. Um, but I think it's a good pick, uh, nonetheless, at this point in time. I agree on that. I think it's a solid pick. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, back to Kieran then with uh, number five overall with the Cincinnati Bengals local team. Just, just, just watch me butcher this pronunciation. <laughs> Penoy Suell, who's an <laughs> offensive tackle out of Oregon. He's huge. He's got mm. long arms, and he's got great kick set and elite hips. This, you know, you know, I talk about hips too much when it comes to football, but they're a very useful part of the game. Um, yeah, I think they're going to need just an extra piece for that offensive line to keep Joe Burrow upright. I think he's probably going to have an average rookie season but once he gets uh, another piece on that defense just to help him stand tall in the pocket I think that's the most sensible choice for Cincinnati although they're not really known for making sensible draft picks besides Joe Burrow uh, but we, we, we'll see what happens um, I think if they do select another offensive lineman it'll it'll be a bad choice because Penai is the best guy in this class by by uh, um, miles he's big he's tall he's got long arms he's got great kick set elite hips and he, he can really bully defensive linemen and edge rushers yeah no for sure I completely agree I think for me at this moment in time he's my number one player in the whole of college football Obviously, you know, you're going to get quarterbacks taken over him because of, like I said, poor quarterback value. But um, according to my grading scale that I've been using for a couple of years that um, I kind of tweak obviously every year, he's the best player I've ever scouted in college football. So he's a he's an almost generational talent, which almost is unheard of in my scale. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was almost, I almost tried to shoehorn him into the Giants, but I couldn't really justify it with obviously the investment they made with Matt Pett and um, the book out of Georgia that I can't remember the name of last year, Andrew Thomas. Um so I couldn't really justify it with that. But uh, yeah, I kind of did want to take Penai, um, obviously with Pac-12 connection as well. Moving on to number six, then Rob, we're back with you with uh, the New York Jets. Yeah, the New York Jets select Gregory Rousseau from the U, Miami. Um, now, probably not the best to talk about this UR league, so I am going to send it back to you in a minute because I haven't actually seen him play. Um, I have just read about him and heard about him on all the different college podcasts who just wax lyrical um, about him, how good he is. Um, so I 
again looking well i think he's uh has he he's opted out hasn't he this year um yeah, yeah, so yeah. unfortunately i won't get to see him which is really desperately disappointing but by the read uh, that I, I read a few articles about him and it just seems an incredible talent so lee can you confirm or deny this yeah, he's he's a really, really talented player. He's one that's a bit raw, really, really good natural ability. So natural athlete, uh, super long, um, you know, really, really tall edge rusher who uses that length really well. Um, but he's raw, not really technical edge rusher at this point. So not looking at like a Joey Bosa usage of hands or anything like that. Looking at like a more, I don't know, maybe a rich person's Marcus Davenport who came out a couple of years ago that the Saints traded up for. Um, not the sort of edge rusher that I love personally, but the sort of, Edge rush that NFL teams like fall in love with from the physical standpoint. Um, so, yeah, maybe not something that I would have picked at this point. But yeah, get the get the fit and everything like that was for the Giants. Uh, sorry, the Jets with an edge because again they've not yeah. had a nice edge rusher for well, that, ever either. That is kind of the route that I went down really because I mean there's a lot of holes on the Jets. I could, you mm. know I could have taken another receiver here. I could could have uh, you know um, if Gaze is still there next year, which I highly doubt, um, then he probably want another running back considering he doesn't like Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know the defense has got holes like Swiss cheese. So there, there, there is a lot of selections I could have gone here. Um, but just because I love the write-up about Gregory Russo, the, the whole sort of college community and the draft scouts seem to love him. So I thought that was a, a pretty good pick for them at Russia. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of going back to what I was saying about quarterbacks, really, there's not a lot in this edge class, especially at the top. It's quite mm-hmm. a thin group. So um, people like Rizzo are going to like go higher than maybe they should, um, especially if, you know, like when we get to the combine later down in the year, if he like blows the doors off that, sure. which is very, very possible. Um, so yeah, um, number seven, Andy, with your home pick for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, Rob slightly sniped me because I think the Finns are missing uh, an Ed Rusher there. So I was going that way before um, before we made the pick, but instead I've gone for uh, Alex Leatherwood, who's the uh, tackle out of Alabama. Um, obviously, we took uh, Austin Jackson this this year in the draft at uh, left tackle, but uh, you got to remember as well, Tua being left-handed, he needs that right-hand sided right-hand side um, protected as well. So I, I think Leatherwood's great, six foot six, 310 pounds. Uh, he's, a, he's an absolute force. And, and you know, basically the Finns', is, uh, the Finns uh, offensive line is still going to be a weakness, I think, this season. We've got Robert Hunt and, and Co, who also came in this year's draft. So it's going to be quite young, uh, quite inexperienced. So I think Leatherwood um, obviously just helps us continue to build that. He's played with Tua before. It all kind of just adds up as a, as a nice pick here, a nice, like, sensible, safe pick. Yeah, that familiarity with Tua is going to be really important, isn't it? You know, just have that trust that it's already there from, obviously it'll be a year removed, but it'll, uh, it's an important aspect to consider, especially, you know, um, especially, like you said, with the left-handedness um, of Tua in there. So moving on, number eight overall is the Detroit Lions, and that's me, and I'm up. And I'm going to take Jalen Twyman, who is the defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. Um, it's a player that I really like, um, and I just think he's kind of drawing comparisons to Aaron Donald at the moment, which is perhaps slightly premature, and perhaps down to the fact that they both came out of Pittsburgh and they're kind of undersized in terms of height. Um, but it's a, it's a position of need for Detroit. They have maybe a little bit on the edges now with the Aquara brothers and Trey Flowers, but they don't really have anything through the middle. And, you know, in this, this day and age in the NFL, it's all about interior pressure and moving these mobile quarterbacks off the spot and uh, trying to get through the middle. They've got Danny Shelton, who they got this summer from the Patriots, who's a more of a two-down run plugger. So Iman's really, really productive. He's had a great season. Uh, he registered 10 and a half sacks. 
Uh, he's got a great work ethic, non-stop motor, and he's got a pretty developed pass rush plan as, as from what I've seen and a pretty good range of hand fighting moves. So again, kind of drawing those Aaron Donald comparisons. He's opted out for the season, which is a, it's a bit of a disappointment in terms of wanting to see him and wanting to kind of see that development. Uh, and this is maybe one of these positions that we kind of mentioned earlier where there's kind of a cluster at the top, I think, in this uh, interior defensive line group. And this is one where, because Twyman's dropped out of the season, he's going to be maybe a bit vulnerable to the likes of Marvin Wilson and uh, Christian Barmore from Alabama, who are going to maybe come up and maybe take this spot off him. But he's um, ideal number one for me at the moment as things stand. Andy, how, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it like, I think it's a good pick. I think it reeks of uh, Matt Patricia. So I was just wondering, I mean, like the, the Lions obviously have given him another year, lost the quarterback and stuff last year. If they get rid of Patricia, do you think they still try and build the trenches or, or is it kind of like, I mean, obviously it's very hypothetical on uh, who would come in, but I think you're losing like uh, Marvin Jones and stuff last year. I thought possibly wide receiver for, for them to kind of mm. plug in behind Colliday. But yeah, that's just the... Yeah, no, it, it is true. I mean, if they're picking at number eight overall, like I guess the kind of same logic that Rob was using earlier that, you know, maybe Matt Patricia isn't there after a, what would the record be? Maybe six, maybe seven wins or so if they were lucky. Um, to pick, maybe it's probably even worse than that, actually, isn't that? I'm probably overestimating it quite a bit there. Um, and like you say, maybe Matt Patricia is gone. So yeah, maybe this goes in a different pick, a different direction with this pick. But um, yeah, one that I like, like you say, I think the Patricia factor definitely played a role in this for me. Number nine overall, back to you with the Dolphins again. Yeah, so I've I've gone for another uh, Alabama player. There'll be another one in a minute as well. It's almost as if I'm uh, an Alabama fan, which, I, which I'm not at all. But um, Devonta Smith uh, here um, discussed this on our Dolphins podcast last week. You've got two good uh, boundary receivers in Preston Williams and Devonta Parker. Uh, in Miami at the moment what's really missing is that kind of uh, like x factor out the slot so uh, Smith can can play that role he can play on the outside as well if needed and again it's that familiarity with Tua I think uh, like it can't be overstated just how useful that could be I think Tua is going to take a a battering at times this season and uh, Miami's going to have to invest in the offense and the offensive line uh, a lot next year just to kind of Take the take advantage of that um, Super Bowl window sort of thing where the well two is on the rookie contract. So yeah, I think Smith may, again makes sense. It might be it might be a slight reach uh, in terms of value, but I think he, he's had a lot to the team and he literally just like you know give us a proper good boost. I'll put it to you guys, the guys who haven't spoken about this pick is Devonta Smith maybe the best wide receiver that we're actually going to see this year now, considering that Chase is out. Potentially, yeah. I mean, there is a good group behind the the sort of Chase, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore. There is a, a good second group coming through, which is going to be good to watch. And Devonta Smith is certainly in that shout. Uh, Kieran, what, what are your takes on Devonta Smith? I think he's a top three wide receiver in college right now. Undoubtedly, he's one of the best. And I think Andy's made a brilliant choice, whether consciously or unconsciously, taking two guys from Alabama, guys who Tua has some familiarity with. And in the locker room, that is more important than anything because they, they know each other. He's familiar with Smith. They have chemistry. That'll make things easier at training. He knows how to throws. He'll be, it'll be easy to catch balls off him because every quarterback throws the ball a little bit differently and receivers have to adapt to that. So that's a great pick from Andy because it's just more chemistry that they're going to be building and going into Tua's second year. That's going to be very, very useful. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's a good one. And Devon Smith doesn't drop much anyway, does he? So uh, it's, a, it's a nice safe pair of hands um, to, for two to look, look for in the what would be the coming year um, after this one. Uh, 
Number 10 overall, so Kieran, back to you with the Jags for their second overall, uh, second first-round pick, should I say, not second overall. Yeah, we've gone for Marvin Wilson, who's a defensive lineman out of Florida State, and Andy will be happy with that pick. Um, but he's not exactly a stat stuffer. He's more of like a Deron Payne type of guy. 300 pounds, absolutely huge, and causes a lot of disruption on that offensive line. He's got great hands. His swim moves and his spin moves are great. So he's not exactly going to be getting you 20 sacks a season or whatever, but he's going to be disrupting that offensive line enough where he's going to force bad throws from the quarterback. He's going to force some, you know, running backs to run into tackles and stuff like that. So so it's, it's a great pick. And now that the Jags have lost Yannick Ngokwe and Kalias Campbell, I think it's very important that they have a guy who can be on that line and create a lot of disruption and really take, take apart, you know, take up, take up space on the opposing team's offensive line. Cause then they've got to think that's just one more piece they've got to think about. Mm. Andy, I'll throw this one over to you because obviously you're a Florida State fan. What, what do you think of Wilson? Uh, just like very agile for his size. I think that's the best way I can really uh, put it across it. He moves like particularly well, like can shed blocks. But what, what like is really impressive is just like his his tracking down ability. He gets after the ball even when the like running backs like broke through the line or, or whatnot and, and chases down and, and he's just willing to put uh, you know, heart on the sleeve and that sort of thing. So no, like Florida State have been like quite tur- like turgid basically for the last couple of seasons, uh, frankly. But Wilson's been a, a standout and we'll come to another Florida State player in a bit but um, yeah good pick here I think for the Jags like uh, Kieran said just just make that um, defensive line formidable um, they've, they've invested a couple of early picks in the last couple of years in it as well so yeah in, in theory that's what they're building around uh, before they take Lawrence or, or Jamar Chase <laughs> It'd be nice to see Marvin Wilson stay on the field because obviously he missed a lot of time last year didn't he so it'd be good to see his development again and then, obviously, if this did happen, then it'd be interesting where he goes in about four years' time when the Jags release him for you know whatever reason. <laughs> Rob, we'll come to you for number 11 with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yeah, I have selected a quarterback from uh, North Dakota State, uh, Trey Lance, the one and only FCS player in the first round projected. Um, yeah, he's the third best quarterback um, on the board, uh, in my opinion. Um, dual threat, um, lights up FCS uh, you wouldn't be mistaken if you haven't seen him because they're not on <laughs> much on mainstream uh, TV um, but it is the same college that Carson Wentz come out of um, and he's got some really good reports and it, this sort of this sort of pick stinks of Oakland Raiders be- uh, sorry Las Vegas Raiders um, because you know th- this is the kind of guy that uh, you can, I, I don't know I, I imagine people go into certain teams and I just imagine Trey Lance in, in the black and silver um, Gruden's going to need a quarterback because Derek Carr's not going to do anything this year um, Mariota's not the answer uh, they're going to need a franchise guy and this will be the best available and kind of a guy that will fit their scheme Andy you had your hand in there what, what do you want to say about this one yeah I mean like uh, like the player um, I'm going to slightly disagree with Rob and think that I don't know whether Gruden will like him I don't think he really fits the Gruden kind of veteran quarterback uh, mould there and the I could probably like Look, look over that if he was kind of at a top school or whatever. But I think there's a lot for him to learn in, in terms of like playing the pro game. I don't know whether Gruden really fancies uh, investing that time and effort when he could, in theory, pick up a uh, like, or even like Mar- Mario. So I think I agree on the car point. Um, but like Marcus Mariota sat there, I think he could do something with him because the, the, the guy's obviously got some talent. Mm. 
Kieran, you had your hand in the air as well. What, what do you want to say on this one? Yeah, I, th- I think Rob's correct when it comes to car and stuff, but also I've got to agree with Andy. Gruden is probably going to look more for a veteran quarterback and a win-now sort of guy rather than... Trey Lance is a bit of a project quarterback, in my opinion. He's not really run like a pro-style offense at NDSU, and he's not had experience with any complex defenses, which is why we said in previous episodes that he should transfer to sort of maybe an SEC school and get that experience. Um, I, I think Gruden personally maybe might pick somebody up on the defense um, and give Mariota a shot because, yeah, like like Andy said, he's he, he prefers to lean more towards veteran quarterbacks. And uh, I don't think Trey – I don't think Gruden has – the time to waste on a project guy, a guy who we've never seen play really any D1 schools. Well, sorry, uh, FBS schools. I'll, I'll just pick up on the point that you guys have both said. So you guys have both said that maybe he might give Mariota a shot. Are they not just going to be in the same position next year if Mariota gets the nod in 2021 anyway? Or even, not, even a worse pick? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if they if they do, then I mean, there's always the uh, like Tannehill seems to have been the exception rather than the rule in the mm-hmm. last season, but I just think Mariota's got that talent. I just don't think he was really uh, kind of utilised particularly well. He's not like the play-action sort of guy that uh, Tannehill can be in that Tennessee offence. So I, th- I think there's still a bit more life in him. And if Carr struggles this year, um, then I think he could come in and, and Gruden might try and like go with him to start next season. I mean, you completely right. I mean, I, I think that there's a chance that the Raiders try and get up up the board slightly if they if they after a quarterback and try and get in the mix for like Justin Fields or whatever. Uh, if that's the case, but yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I, I just think that Gruden and, the, and that veteran—I mean, it's probably a bit of stereotype now, isn't it? But that veteran quarterback—he he, just—he knows he likes it. He likes him to be able to read the defense. He likes him to be able to call plays at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't know if Lance is that guy though. I just feel that it's uh, kind of a Gruden pick because obviously two years ago we saw him get Clennon Ferrell when no one was expecting Clennon Ferrell to even go in the first round. Uh, and then this year he picks up Henry Ruggs who was not even as good as his counterpart at Alabama, Jerry Judy. So it just thinks of a Gruden pick, uh, which is why, why I liked it. But I can see what you see saying. You're, you're not wrong uh, with that. And I do wonder if, if like you just, you just kind of alluded to it there, I wonder if Oakland are one of these teams that could be the ones that kind of try and get into that sort of Justin Fields area if, if if that pans out like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be like Gruden it would be like Gruden, sorry, to swing from the fences a little bit, wouldn't it? So uh yeah, you've always got to be on your toes with him um as you move through the draft cycle. Andy, I believe you're up next with the Arizona Cardinals at number twelve. Yeah, going back to Alabama, who uh, are... <laughs> you like Aussie Newsom today, mate. Yeah, there you go. I'm just, I, well, it's because there's a place called Birmingham in Alabama, so I'd like to uh, get back to that. But no, uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, second, is a cornerback, uh, quite an elite corner at Bama this season. Um, basically, I think he kind of replaces Patrick Peterson uh, long-term as the kind of go-to corner in uh, Arizona gets that like star trio on the defense going with Baker and Simmons um, skill set wise fantastic boundary receiver closes the receivers out down the boundary uh, he's aggressive when going in for the couch he's not afraid to put his hand in there and, and, and rip the ball out so yeah great player um, looking forward to seeing where he does go if he goes to the Cardinals I think the, their fans will be particularly happy and, and they'll have had a couple of good years in the, in first round draft picks. Yeah, it could get interesting on defence there, couldn't it? With uh, Buda Baker obviously signing that big deal not too long ago. And then uh, obviously Isaiah Simmons, um, who was kind of the darling of the defensive um, sort of draft class, wasn't it, last uh, last year? 
So myself up with my Chargers next, and I'm going to dip into that cornerback pool again with uh, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Um, I would have liked to say, to be honest with you, I think he's just ahead of my cornerback one probably at the moment. Uh, but I like Farley as well. And it's more of a, maybe more of a fit for the Chargers, this one, uh, over any of the other remaining corners, that is. Because the AFC West is a division where you've got to look after a lot of fast wide receivers and some of the best young wide receivers in the league. So what we're hoping to do with this is kind of build a, a defensive backfield and defensive secondary to kind of target that and to kind of counteract that. Because uh, obviously you've got to look after, you know, like Scotland Sutton, Jerry Judy now, Henry Ruggs, uh, Hill. There's a lot going on. And, and Caleb Farley uh, is a very, very quick guy. He's very, very fluid in his movements. Kieran will love his hips, I'm sure, uh, if he's had a look at him already or when he does. Um, and he's an ex-wide receiver as well. So at times I find that he's kind of running the routes for the wide receiver because he obviously understands route concepts and the way that the routes are supposed to be run. He also played a little bit of quarterback as well. So again, has that kind of mentality of sort of seeing how things uh, work on the offensive side of the ball and kind of being able to sort of use that intelligence and, and counteract it. Gets his hands on the football quite a, quite a bit as well. Got four picks and 12 pass deflections so far. So it's a guy who makes plays and that's all it's about in non-defense nowadays, isn't it? So as a Chargers fan, my pick with this one is kind of trying to see the back of Michael Davis. Don't want to see him anymore. Add Caleb Farley to Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, hopefully Desmond King, and hopefully the bunch of safeties that we've got and uh, kind of have that that unit to look after all these wide receivers that we see um, knocking around the AFC West. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching uh, Farley lock down uh, Terry this year in the, in the ACC. <laughs> it seems to be a regular recurrence for, for our like, one standout uh, offensive player. But yeah, good pick, I like it. Kieran, is it a play that you've watched? Obviously, you're a, you're a big D-backs guy and obviously we're, we're, we're going to go for a little bit of a run. We're kind of in the middle of it on this one. What do you, what do you think of this guy if you've seen a lot of him? Uh, like... Like you said, I like his hips, uh, and I'm a big, big guy on that because that means he can cut routes. He's he's very explosive and he's very physical. You don't mm. see that in a lot of uh, cornerbacks, uh, but you see it in the elite guys. Like a um, couple years ago, Greedy Williams. A lot of people were big on him, but I think he fell to the second round because he wasn't very physical. He wasn't great at tackling. But you're not getting that with, um, sorry, uh, Farley. Caleb Farley. He's he's not scared of tackling and he's got good tackling technique. You see some corner packs tend to tackle high, which leads to them getting shaken off, but he is straight in around the hips and he's not afraid to drag a guy down. But then again, also, like you said, four interceptions, a bunch of pass breakups. He's not afraid to, to play the ball in the air, which is, is great to see for a cornerback. He's, he's certainly got a nose for the ball. And I think put him up against even some of the top wide receivers in the NFL. He's, he's going to be able to uh, lock down, his side of the field pretty effectively. Mm, yeah, I'll definitely look out for tackling as well. One of, the, one of the attributes that I definitely look for in my corners because you don't want soft corners. And you're perfectly correct. And you're greedy. Williams definitely slid down for that effort and that want to when tackling or not, as the case was uh, at LSU. Rob, I think you're dipping back into the cornerback market again, aren't you, with Denver here at 15? Uh, I am not, no, but Kieran is. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> little production error. Kieran, sorry. There you go. Yeah, um, taking Sean Wade out of Ohio State. Uh, I like a basically he's identical to Farley almost. He's fast. He can lock down routes, but also he's not afraid to tackle. You see, that's a big theme with Ohio State cornerbacks is they are very, very good tacklers and. And like I said, that's very important to have an elite corner. You pick out any elite corner in the NFL right now, they're good tacklers and they're not afraid to to get in there and make the tackles. Um, 
obviously some guys aren't as big or as aggressive, but every single elite corner right now is a guy who's not afraid to make a tackle. So, so I, I think that's probably the best. I know obviously people are going to say about Denver, they've already got a ton of guys like AJ Bouye and Bryce Callahan. But I, I think with those guys, AJ Bouye obviously has only just joined, but Callahan's probably maybe on his way out just because he hasn't played at a higher level as he should have. And I think this is a perfect replacement for him in Denver. Is it a big, is it a player that's hurt by the big 10 not playing? So obviously we've got this carousel that goes around with Ohio state defensive backs and you get, you know, one guy goes in the first round, another guy steps up, he goes in the first round. Obviously that kind of trend might come to an end with, in terms of the fact that he can't actually play this year. Do you think that'll hurt his stock or do you think he's kind of cemented with the play that he's got? Um, despite it being in the slot mainly in previous years yeah it's gonna hurt his stock a little bit but I think if you've watched him play you know he's good enough to play at the NFL level Mm -hmm. I mean obviously you you some guys are gonna bust that's just the way it is but I think if you watch him play then you know he's he's more than ready to take on the big bigger receivers and faster receivers in the NFL even if you just watch him train the, the, the dude's incredibly athletic he's got great hands and I think he makes a transition to the NFL pretty smoothly. Hmm. Yeah, one to watch for sure coming into the season. Rob, this time you are up with the Chicago Bears at number 16. Yeah, and I feel like I'm in, I'm in shark-infested waters here because I'm, a, I'm an offensive guy. Uh, you know, all these defensive players here are getting me uncomfortable. But having said that, I have gone for another one uh, in Dylan Moses, a linebacker from Alabama. Um, Dylan Moses, for me, is, is one guy that I did actually watch a couple of years ago because I, I thought he was a really, really talented guy. And he could have gone into the NFL last year, but he tore his ACL, decided to, to, to not, um, go into the NFL this year in, in the draft and to stay at college, which just proves that this year he's playing with, you know, he's, he's playing pissed off because he's, he was injured last year. He wants to get back in it. I think talent-wise, uh, and I, I know my my knowledge is limited for defensive players, but talent-wise, he looks like he could be a top 10 pick. And I think last year, missing the year, is why he's been sort of not not missed out by everyone. But I think... After this year, what I'm trying to say is after this year, if he has another solid year for Alabama, he will be a top 10 pick. Um, I think he's, you know, with, with Michael Parsons not playing, um, it could be that a good season for Dylan Moses sees him go in the same sort of bracket as as, as Michael Parsons. Um, maybe not. Maybe he's got to do a bit more. Uh, but I, I, I see that. For me, Chicago, it was between defensive back and linebacker. Danny Trevathan's getting on. He's not the best linebacker. So I thought it would be a good fit for him to play alongside Khalil Mack. Um, And yeah, I think talent-wise, brilliant. Injury concerns, yes. Um, It will be a very telling year for Alabama, uh, for him at Alabama this year. But I love the talent. Mm. Yeah, definitely was was a top, top prospect last year. But obviously, you know, come away with that injury. Um, was definitely being talked up as a top 10 player and a number one linebacker of the class. So, yeah, definitely one to watch again uh, as we move forward into next year. Andy, then you're going to finish us off with this uh, this podcast and this 16th pick um, with the Atlanta Falcons, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, coming, off, uh, coming for another player who's uh, coming off an ACL-related uh, injury in Hamza Nazir Aldean from uh, FSU. Probably butchered the name again there. But... Um, yeah, like physical player, physical safety, um, explosive, I think is the main word to describe him. He, he really gets uh, in amongst it. He's, he's comfortable in, um, in in pass coverage. He's comfortable hit, with delivering big tackles in the open field. 
I really like him. He's like another one of those kind of sparks in the, in the FSU armory that's been uh, misfiring. The, the, my one concern with him, and if you watch FSU regularly, that they like, like to bring the blitz uh, like more often than, than not seemingly at the, at the end of last season. And, and, and um, Sorry, not the end of last season, at the start of last season. And he was kind of struggling to beat the, the running backs whilst, whilst coming in. So a bit of concern there. Uh, didn't really like, offer much in, in that kind of strong safety role. But yeah, I think he could slot in a free safety at the NFL level. I think the Falcons, uh, Falcons need... Um, defensive backs and and, uh, and and safety help for sure so yeah a bit of a homer pick here but uh, it's not beyond the rounds of possibility at all yeah he's a player that when we did this exercise last year that was picked in the first round I think by Thomas Robery who we used to have on the pod so yeah definitely a player that we've been looking at for a couple of years I guess it's kind of exciting for you guys because obviously as you've been saying that Florida State not been the greatest of teams over the past couple of years but you know projecting two first round draft picks uh, on the D so at least a unit to look out for for anyone who's going to get into college football and kind of looking out for these players. That's You're it. kind of excited by this unit then? Yeah, 100%. And to be honest, there's, there's a little like uh, stars across the team. I think Tamori and Terry can really benefit from a, a great season at receiver as well. Uh, again, like he had a really good uh, connection with Blackman last year. And yeah, the quarterback position is the main like worry and the offensive line. So if Norval can do anything to, to kind of steady that down a bit, then, then there's no reason FSU can't really make the most of a weird season and, and come out with a, with, with a pretty decent record. Uh, the recruiting, recruiting class, again, a couple of five stars in there, a couple of very good quarterbacks who, who came on board with the new coaching staff. So, yeah, fingers crossed, man. And, uh, and the defensive unit is, is by far the, the standout. And as we've seen in recent years, it's got... Uh, it's got form for producing, like you know, Derwin James and mm. Jalen Ramsey, etc. So, so you know, the, 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 it's definitely it's not. I won't claim <laughs> DBU yet, but um, but some good, like, hard hitting and physical players uh, come out of the position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say, it's one to look out for, isn't it? And uh, on the up again after you know, like you say, producing some really good talent, especially in the recent recent years. So yeah, with that pick of Hans and the Cyril Dean out of Florida State that brings this half of the mock draft to an end, uh, come back to us on Friday morning when you'll be brought the second half of this mock draft and we'll take you through the second half from picks 17 with the Cleveland Browns all the way through to the Super Bowl champions, whoever that will be in this one. We'll kind of leave that up to you guys to listen. Whilst you wait those couple of days, head over to fulltimeyards.com and why don't you pick up one of our NFL draft, uh, NFL season guides, sorry. Uh, you can pick up the PDF version on the website or you can head over to Amazon for an actual physical paper copy. Um, the link's on fulltimeyards.com too, so you don't have to troll through Amazon to search that one out. All the sales from all the proceeds from the sales of this guide are going to go towards grass, grassroots American football here in the UK, because uh, that's our main goal here at F10Y. We're going to look to give back and fund coaching courses and refereeing courses because without these guys, uh, grassroots game just doesn't happen in this country. Um, and, you know, that's what we're kind of after with this. And we're hopefully going to do this year on year and continue to grow the game over here or at least do our little bit towards that. Also, don't forget, with the new season coming up and obviously new uniforms coming out, uh, we've still got our 10% off at NFL, NFL Shop Europe. Um, just enter full 10 as your discount code at checkout. Um, and get a new jersey you know there's lots of new ones out there this year that you could look very good in uh, lastly if you want to get us on twitter maybe tell us about our picks maybe tell us where we're right and wrong give us a give us a tweet and give us a follow at full 10 yards cfb with all that out of the way uh, we'll see you in a couple of days we'll see you on friday for part two of our mock draft thanks for listening to the podcast for all your football needs check out our website full 10 yards.com or follow us on twitter 
at Full 10 Yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.